Assalamu alaikum. You are listening to Momming Well Muslim, a podcast designed with the Muslim American parent in mind, addressing how to raise Muslim American kids born into a post 9 11 world. We will cover topics ranging from potty training to politics, and no topic is off limits. Along with our expert guests, we'll discuss what's new in the Muslim American diaspora or just what's new at our own kitchen tables. Join us, Zeba Hassan, Nozma Jaffrey, who have a combined eight kids and 25 years of parenting experience, as well as just enough crazy between them while they pioneer this journey we call Momming Wall Muslim. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Momming Well Muslim podcast with your co-host Zeba Hassan and Uzma Jaffrey. This is Uzma. Assalamualaikum, everyone. And this is Zeba Hassan. Thank you so much. I feel like I haven't chatted with you in a long time, Uzma. It's been it's been a minute. It's been a minute, and I feel like we definitely have a topic today. Yeah, yeah. And this was uh, an idea that you had, and at first I was really confused, and then I started reading articles, and it all came back to me. So do you want to kind of tell the audience what we're going to talk about today? So this kind of came from a situation that happened to me and I don't, I'm pretty sure it's probably something that happens to a lot of moms, but I was sitting there, you know, packing bags and getting things ready and trying to get out the door. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing everything well. And then I get a text from my daughter that was essentially like, Oh, you forgot to put the ball in my basketball bag. And it was just, and I have to admit to you and I admit to the audience, I kind of lost my S-H-I-T. And I was just kind of like, what do you mean? Because the the truth of the matter is I'm trying to balance four kids and get them out the door and, you know, get, do my deadlines at a household and this and that. And quite frankly, I don't hear a thank you. I don't hear a mom, you're doing a good job, but I forgot to put a basketball in a basketball bag and quite frankly heard about it for like 10 minute text exchange. And I, you know, and then what happens is my daughter comes home and of course you let it go, you let it go, you let it go. At least I do. And then I blow up and she's kind of like, all I did was say, I didn't have a bad. And I was just thinking like when everything is going well, when I'm not quote unquote making mistakes, I don't hear boo from anybody. Like literally I feel like I am this invisible person sometimes, but if I forget one thing or make one mistake, that's when I get noticed, you know? And I just was so frustrated by that as a mom that I was, you know, and you feel sad and you feel depressed. Like I have to admit, like I got a little bit depressed because I'm just sitting here thinking like I've lost my temper. I did not want to lose because I try not to do that. But I also feel like what could we, what could I have done differently in a circumstance like that? where you literally do feel invisible on a good, on a good day, you are this invisible thread in the background. Like, please make me feel better about that. First of all, and losing my cool (laughs) and two, like feeling this angst of being a background player in my own life. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I feel that way at the end of the day after the kids have gone to bed and I work too, Yeah, uh, but I'm the one who's making like four different meals for eight people in house or seven people at this time. Exactly. And there's at least, at least three different meals, but usually four different meals are happening because everybody has their preferences and will only eat just so. And I take full responsibility for perpetuating that. But at the end of the day, I'm the one that's cleaning up the kitchen, picking up the toys, organizing, getting ready for the next day. Like you said, packing the bags, getting everything ready. And then in the morning you get like, well, why did you pack this snack for me? I don't even like that. Or you got the wrong jello cups, you know, things like this. And 
and it's it's uh, really frustrating. But I think the way that I deal with it is, you know, I tell them, well, if you want it done right, then you can just do it yourself. And then I hear nothing. But my kids are younger. So maybe does it hurt less when they're younger? You know, I, I feel it. Okay. And this could be, I have the tale of two moms is what I like to say about myself. And I own that. And I <laughs> yeah. am the tale of two moms because I had Zachariah and Zara at one stage of my life. And I had Zayd and Zan at another stage of my life. And, you know, I do have to say my older two are probably the more needy of the four. It's so weird and bizarre. And I know it's because I made it that way. You know, I did everything for them. And with, by the time my younger two came, one, I was older and two, I just didn't have the bandwidth to do everything. So they're so much more independent at eight and six than my 16 and almost 14 year old are. Like it's really terrible. And I own that I'm the one who caused that. So part of that is me trying to offload some of what I do to, for, for them to start doing themselves. So that is definitely a transition we're, we're working on right now. And I own it. It happened. We're figuring it out. But it's the two older ones that I get more of the flack from. But I'm I, same thing. I'm kind of like, then pack your own bag. Then do get your own lunch. If you're going to complain about what I pack for you, make your own lunch. And, and, and just feeling that I don't know. I get the angst because you are as the mom, like you said, like the invisible workload of the managing of the household, right. Is always in our, in the back of our mind always. Like, I don't know about you, but it's always like, okay, like I'm literally having the, I'm doing this with you right now, but I'm also like, okay, Zara has two tryouts today. The kids I have, it's baseball is probably canceled cause it's raining. Okay. So that means that I have to adjust this. Like that is always, always constantly running in the background. It's almost like this background noise that I'm constantly feeling at all times. There was a, a HuffPost article once. It's not one of the ones that we read to prepare for today, um, but that was also a mom of four. And she said, when people ask, what's it like having four? She said something like, it's having 176 browsers open at the same time. Oh, perfect. I mean, that's literally <laughs> exactly. what it is. And sometimes I'll be mid-sentence. I don't know if you do this. And I'm like, oh, let me get these words out quickly because if I don't do that now, I'm going to forget it. And it's that constant going yep. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between the browser, the browser tabs. That's a very great, that's a very good analogy, to be honest with you, because that it really is what it feels like. It really is what it feels like. And not necessarily with four kids. I think having any number of kids, whether it's one or 17, I don't care how many kids you have, that it, it, the browsers are the responsibility of the mom. It seems like, you and know, do you, across culture. So I was going to say, is it across culture or is it more, you know, I obviously only know what we've been brought up with. Like, do you mm -hmm. think that it is the case in some households where the mom does still carry the brunt or the, the responsibility of the domestic part of your married family life? Or do you think that's still across board as a universal truth? I think it's a universal truth. I think it doesn't matter where you come from, what you believe, you know, how you pray, um, what language you speak. It's always, for some reason, it's the mom. Yeah, we're raised to believe that the mom is like the basis of the household. Her status is so high. And I think the reason why as Muslims, the status of mothers is so high is because of the browsers. Because Allah knows, like she's going to be managing a thousand and one things. 
and um, plus some. So for that reason alone, when I'm picking up the stuff at night and like kind of having my own little pity party in my head, like, oh, poor me, I want to go to bed. So I'm just like, you know, I have that little bit of a pity party, but then it's like a something. And I, I hope that it's actually the voice of Allah just going, it's okay. This is for the sake of Allah. You're getting all this reward. This is why Jenna is going to be under my feet yes, and not my exactly. husband who is propped up like binge watching. Exactly. I'm Netflix like, right thank now. you for, and, and then the worst thing is right now I'm at that stage where my older kids are, they go to bed honestly, for full disclosure, way after I do, because they're up studying, they're coming back from practice, whatever. I wake up, it's my right. thing is I wake up at the four o'clock in the morning or 448, which is what my time I wake up. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing all the stuff that they've left from the night the before. Cans. And I'm like, yeah, all the wrappers. I just cleaned and the kitchen. I'm like, I cleaned. And so my rule is, okay, the kitchen is closed by eight o'clock, right? I'm like, the kitchen is closed mm -hmm. by eight. But obviously if they're coming home from practice, please just put the stuff in the sink and run some water over it. Like, why is that so hard? Oh. And to your point, the pity party is exactly the reason why I wanted to have this frank conversation because, you know, it, in, in a world of social media and Instagram and this and that, it's very easy to, to portray a small snapshot of your life, which is beautiful, right? Cause not many people are right. trying to show their kitchens when they're messy or whatever the case may be. And, and you go through and you scroll and you're like, you know, I guarantee you more people feel like I'm feeling right now than this perfect snapshot of what their family is. And I'm guilty of it myself, to be blunt with you. Guilty of? Choosing to portray just the good part. And by the way, all true. It's 100% authentic. But you have this other side where... You know, I do feel like I'm this background player, you know, and you do feel like you're in the second part of your life that you're like, is this what I did? Is this where I'm am supposed to be? Like, and I love my kids and I love being a mom. That's my number one thing. So this is not me complaining about that at all. But the, the underbelly of it is you didn't realize, at least for me, that I would lose my sense of self. And, and I do find myself in situations where I'm like, is this what I went to school for to clean up wrappers on the floor, you know, and pack a thousand and cleaning butts. And like, like, so, like I'm trying to grow my nails out and I keep telling the lady, I'm like, you have to cut my nails short. Cause I'm still wiping butts every day. You know, like I cannot have long nails and, and not and just little things like that. And I, and I get your point that Allah Subhanahu does say that Jenna lies on, but it is when you're in the thick of it, you, it's really hard to remember that. And, you know, we, we would love for a thank you from our husband, kids, whoever it is we're taking care of. I, I would love a thank you. I just think it's not really realistic for me to expect it because I don't think my kids are emotionally at that space because um, they're 11 and yeah. under. So I, I think they're reasonable human beings. I just don't think they're at a place where they realize how much gratitude plays a role. But like, you know, we know to say thank you to somebody because we we would like that reciprocated as well. But what I like to remember is that, you know, we believe that we have two angels recording our deeds every day. And I like to think that the one on the right just has these scrolls and scrolls of scrolls of like, Ozma picked up after all of these people and ran all of these errands because nobody else was going to do it. Um, occasionally, like that dark side rears its head because not being appreciated for a very long time. I mean, that's 
primarily the reason why I left a couple of jobs was because I felt like people were not appreciative of all that I did, you know, and all that I sacrificed to do and, you know, at top performance, but it's okay to leave a job, I think. But with our family, we can't do that. Occasionally that ugliness rears its head and I just kind of blow up. And thankfully it's usually at my husband. It's like, what do you think? The groceries just magically appear? Like what do you think? Like dinner just magically happened? My husband is a saint, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I try to avoid blowing up at the kids for exactly what you're you're saying. And he does get yeah. Yeah. the 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 brunt of my angst, my frustration and my anxiety. And the poor guy is like all I did was put the, like, you know, it's always about something so small that ends up making me like blow a gasket. And the poor guy has no clue that it's been slowly (laughs) building, slowly building. And he's kind of like, Oh my God, what did I do? But like, when did you start appreciating your parents? So maybe we should like focus on that and, and, and figure out like, okay, at some point our kids will understand and appreciate all that we're doing for them. It totally sucks. You know, I hate admitting that my parents were right and I hope they don't hear this episode. Um, But my dad used to say, you'll understand when you have kids, you understand when you have kids, you know, every time he said no to something or explained something or whatever, or gave me a three hour lecture on something. And he was so right. It's like, you don't understand until I would say that first week after yes. you bring the baby home. And I remember calling my mom and saying, I'm so exactly. sorry for everything. Exactly. <laughs> like I get it now, you know, and I have to say like, you know, I had a, a different upbringing and, you know, we're pretty open about that. Like my, my mom was a very young mom and in, in, in a totally different environment and culture. And, and, and she took a lot of her anger and frustration out on us. And as a kid, you know, you would just get feel upset. And, but now as an adult, like, I, I forgive her for, and, and, you know, I've had like frank conversations with her about this, but I forgiven her a lot because I'm, I now understand what it must've been like to have four kids under five, you know, like, and being in a foreign situation and, and, and my, my dad was away at school. So not necessarily having that support system. And, you know, when I spilled the glass of milk, it was probably the last straw that for her that she had granted, we got the brunt of that, but I get it now, you know, I totally understand and I get it. And I definitely developed more of a friendship, close relationship with my mom after I became a mom myself for that realization. Like it, you know, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. And honestly, parenting is a very stressful, just by its nature, a stressful, a stressor, you know, and, and, and an anxiety causer. So I get it. It's an example, I think, in humility, because once I became a mom, I realized, you know, the whole, what are we going to have for dinner? That for me is like, it's like an ax hanging over my head. Oh, all day like long. literally. I that's so funny. I'm like, oh, and that's my God, with meal planning. Every single day. I meal plan for the week. And still You're I'm still like, hungry. Oh, I have to I have feed to you. Exactly. I have to feed yeah. you still. Like, are you didn't yeah. I just feed you yesterday? Like, that's kind of how I get. Yeah. Like, that's so funny. Like, can't we just have soup exactly. and sandwiches? Come on, y'all. Yeah. And my husband says, well, I could do dinner every day. I can order DoorDash, like no right. problem. And I'm like, yeah, that would be great if we were all all right being hypertensive exactly. for the rest of our lives, but we don't. So I would like the kids to have at least a couple of healthy meals a day because I know they're having a lot of snacks and garbage, you know, in the middle. So 
dinner is so hard. But when I think about it, no matter how busy she was, and at one point in her life, my mom was running a household of 22 right. people because so many people came in to live with us. And um, she was stretching that dollar. She was feeding five hungry teenagers at one point. She was working. Um just supporting everybody, juggling a thousand balls, dealing with my dad was not yeah. easy because he was like a back home exactly. dad, you know? So it's like, I won't even get up to wash my hands. Bring me a bowl of exactly. warm water, you know? <laughs> you know, and my mom did it. And yeah, she lost her marbles several times. It got ugly and I don't blame her like not even 0% now in hindsight. Cause I'm like, I yes. get it. I get it now, you know, but I feel so bad and kind of guilty. Like, oh, I wasn't there for her when she needed me, but I was one of the people she was serving, yes. you know, just kind of that quiet force that makes everything happen, magically juggles it. And occasionally we would walk in on her, yes. crying, you know, and now I see, I'm like, oh, that's how I feel. At yes. Night, you know, because you just, so how yeah. do you, so like the, the fact that your mom was crying, right? How do you, because mm -hmm. there are times where I literally do do that. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like you oh, just yeah, sit there girl, and like, sob, and, like sob and cry. And then it is such a cathartic experience because you're like, okay, mm -hmm. put your big girl panties on I just that exactly, and let me move on with my life. But okay. So in an effort to, um, be productive, like, do you, what do you do to kind of help you get through those moments where you're kind of like, okay, I've gotten beaten down. I'm trying to muster the strength to like smile and get through this. What do you do to kind of help you through those transitions? Um, usually it's hormonally related yes. and I hate being the stereotype. I totally agree with that. I'm like, no, it's not my period. Yes. It is. <laughs> and then I look at the calendar and I'm like, ah, dang you're it. You're like, darn it, you're right. I hate that you're right, but you know, I totally yeah. agree. So then I kind of rationalize it. Okay, these are just my hormones talking. Like, let me go through and journal. And the journaling helps a lot because I can kind of put down what my thoughts are and realize, you know, separate fact from my actual thoughts, you know? So now, do you like just free journal or you're like, I'm feeling badly because, or do you have like, you know, things that you specifically try to focus on when you're writing. Yeah, it's basically a thought model. And I've blogged a little bit about it on our website. So I put in um, the circumstances, the thoughts, um, the feelings, the actions and reactions. And so, and, and I go through that and I decide, okay, is this, is what I'm thinking and this circle that I'm going into serving me or not serving me? And if it's not serving me, then I just have to go back to the thought and change the thought, Okay, you know, and it helps me in particular to Islamicize okay. it and be like, okay, like what is not Islamic about what I'm thinking and what is the actual Islamic interpretation of my thought right now? Am I being ungrateful? Um, is this just a pity party? Do I just need a hug? And so if it's just a hug, you know, What's great is when you have a kid, like they're like, oh, I mean, like, and then to cuddle you, you cuddle? and I just need to cuddle. <laughs> and especially when you're just kind of like, God, I just feel like crap and I look like crap and I'm not doing yeah. And they're just like, you're like amazing. And to them, you really are even to the grumpy teenagers, right? Like they don't even want to admit right. it to them, to themselves or to you, but to gain that perspective. I love that you do this. I love that you do this. Yeah. And I had some real, um, I think it was last week where I had like a really ugly day. It was awful. Yeah, it was a little bit over a week ago. And I just journaled about it. And once I went through the thought model, you know, then I'm able to kind of have word yes. vomit 
um, in an actual model, like I feel bad because, and this is what happened, and this is what I think needs to be said. And it was like, sometimes it's okay to have an ugly day because, you know, at the end, we still love our kids. We're still loving moms. We're also human beings that are going to have ugly days and we get to have a do-over, you know, everybody gets a do-over. And that's, that's I mean, because that's the advice that I give my kids. Like if they have a bad day, you know, and trying to keep it in perspective, like you've had a bad day, let it be. But you know what? With the grace of God, you get to have, if you're lucky, you get to have another one, right? And how can we change that? And honestly, just taking my own advice because... I'm happy to, it's It's very hard. hard. I'm happy to give it to somebody else, but in taking it yourself. I have to practice what I preach. What are you talking about? I have to practice what I preach. No, (laughs) I I totally agree with that. And, you know, and this is where I think prayer can probably come into what, you know, whatever for some of our non-Muslim people, like it really does help you to like take a minute. And I do think that that's why for me, I've always say this, like, God knows us better than we know ourselves, Elizabeth Bantala, that mm-hmm. he has prescribed something to you that literally is medicine for your body, for your soul, and mm-hmm. taking time out of your day. Five times a day. Five times a day to just take a minute to like go into a quiet space and be introspective really is helpful. And I know that sounds cheesy and you know, preachy, but it really is true. Like it's more for us. I do think than it is for God that for us to be praying, because he knows you need that, those times out. Like you need a time out sometimes take a break. And it's that physical, like even just making wudu, our ritual cleansing that we do. I mean, splashing cold water on yourself, you know, when you're, you know, having a pity party or it's a moment of like, extreme frustration during your day while you're parenting, that water helps getting down on the ground helps, you know, all of this like lowers your blood pressure and cools you off. And sometimes if I don't want to deal with the kids, you know, you're like, I gotta go. It's around Ezra time. Yeah. It's like, yay. It's Ezra time. They're about to turn into gremlins. Like, let me just put on my chather and go ahead and pray so they can't talk to me. I'm going to be right back. Mama, Mama needs to go do that. No, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. That's my hide because I know, and it doesn't matter how noisy it is. I'll just do it right there in the middle and they'll know like, oh, you know, when all of them come at you with something different, he did this, she did this, they touched me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whatever. I don't even want a referee right now. I'm just Allahu Akbar. Let's go. I'm starting to pray. (laughs) They can't talk to Take a break. (laughs) But, But let me ask you this. As a doctor, as a working mom as well, do you believe in the concept of work life balance for mothers? Oh yeah. I think every mom does, whether you're working or you're staying at home, there is a balance to mothering and being, you know? And I think a lot of us, when we first get into the whole mom thing, we do have, you know, um, going back to what you had said, like, is this what I went to school for? You know, is this all my life is now? Like I am a short order cook. All these little people are um, asking me to do these millions of things, but I went to school. I did all these great things. Um, and that's why at night, sometimes if I'm having to pick at something stuck on the floor and I'm not really sure what it is, again, it's an exercise in humility. Like I do amazing things outside of the house and yeah, I'm tooting yes, my you own do. horn. You're, I'm really good at you're what a rock I do. Star. You know? Totally. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I went to school for a very long time. I sacrificed a lot. People respect me outside of the house. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> at the end of the day, I am picking something brown off the floor that's stuck in there and I don't know what it is, but yeah, it doesn't matter what you do. At the end of the day, you are a 
mother and it's supposed to be a humbling experience. And I think in that is balance, Interesting. like whatever we do outside and whatever we do to other people, you know, I, I think it's really important to, um, never get so wrapped up in how awesome you are. Like, just remember that you are on the floor on your hands and knees, if not scraping poop, like worshiping God, because that's your place. You know, the most humble place in the world is where you belong with your face on the ground, thanking him for the opportunity. When I first became a mom and I had really bad postpartum depression and psychosis, and I was like, I don't understand why I hate this so much. This was exactly what I wanted my entire life. And I hate it. I hate it. And I had a friend who said, Ozma, aren't you glad that you're in this place instead of where you were a year ago? Because a year ago, I thought I couldn't get, or a year before that, I thought I could not have children. That's interesting. And it was such a good reminder. Again, just humbling ourselves, you know, and I think that balance is the most important balance for moms no matter whether you work in the house or outside of the house. Does that make sense? So let me, so I have an opposite opinion, which obviously, which is why we, and, and, and it could be because I have this concept of imposter syndrome that is like the buzzword that everybody talks about right now. And, you know, I love how everything's being everything's named, a being named but it really does have an act. And, and I'll say this, and I think it's because I, I, I became a mom so young that it's become such a, it literally has transformed my identity. Like that is what I am now. And some part of me feels, you know, I was a person before I'm trying to gain that personhood now. And not that I'm, I I don't disagree with you. Like, I love it. It's a concept of humility, but I'm literally at that stage in my life right now where I'm kind of like, you know, I don't want this to only be what it is. Like I want to, to gain some of who I was before I became a mom. Does that make sense? And and it could, and, and it could be just like, I'm having like, you know, turning 40, turn a, a midlife crisis. crisis yeah. And this is just my <laughs> way of like talking it out. And, you know, when you've spent I, like a little bit, like almost half of my life being a mom, which is amazing. And again, would never want it to be anything other than that. I'm now at a stage where I'm like, is this all I want to be? So I get your point about the concept of going back to humility and trying to gain perspective. But I, I really am in this conundrum where I'm like, okay, now what? Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Now what? And for our moms, I think it was different. It's like they went from daughter, sister, to mom and then um, mom of married kids. And then now I expect to be a grandmother. Like, what are you doing? That's the difference between the generations, right? Whereas we were taught, okay, you have to kind of be it all, right? Like you're the, you must must live live for your family. family. Plus you must be an awesome doctor. Plus you're going to be an amazing, you know, philanthropist. Plus, you know, like, I feel like we put onto ourselves this concept that you have to be the best at everything. And there are some days that I literally do not even wash my face. And I know that sounds stupid and mm-hmm. I'm admitting that out loud. And, you know, from the outside, someone would be like, oh, your guys is a, have a great family and this and that. But I'm, I literally tell people, I'm like, you know, I didn't even wash my face today. So there's a there's lot, a of, work lot of work that goes in. So I appreciate, like, I appreciate that you feel that way. But the reality of the situation is nobody is perfect and everybody has 
something that they're dealing with, whether it's external or introspective and being invisible sometimes for me really is that like, I do sometimes feel like I'm this invisible person. Like I don't take pictures with my kids. I'm the journalist. Like I have to make sure I have everything done, but am I in any of the pictures? Like, do you go in any of the pictures of your family? Oh, no, because we're taking the photos. And I, that's why I journal too, because I want the kids to know that somebody was behind that camera, you know? And so I'm kind of the chronicler and I will chronicle what's happening, you know, as they're growing up so that if God forbid something ever happened to me, they would at least have these journals to, to read back on. Or, you know, now I put them up on social media for several years. I've been doing that so they can just pop it open and see that, hey, this is what our mom documented for us, even if she's not in these photographs that she posted, like she was taking them. It's really, really tough. It's kind of like um, one of the articles that we read in preparation was Nicole Johnson and the story of the man in the cathedral, yes. right? That When I read um, that article, I have to be honest with you, I literally read it and I sobbed, like sobbed and sobbed oh gosh, and I sobbed. Remember. remember I told you, I'm like, why yes. am I crying yes. so much about this? And, and yeah. because I really do feel that, like I feel like... I'm that invisible person. I, I'm building this life. And by God's grace, I think my kids are very much, they enjoy it. They're a part of it. But I'm also like, what am I giving up to build this? And will I be remembered? Like, Because you don't necessarily yeah. feel like that's the case when you're doing it. When you're doing it, yeah. But I know absolutely, like now as an adult, like, I mean, as we've discussed, we've reflected back on our moms and all the work that they put into our families. And we appreciate it. Yeah, maybe... 20, 40 years hence, but, you know, better late than never, right? That's very true. But I did want to read a little bit from this article because it did, and hopefully I won't cry when I'm doing this because it oh, you're gonna probably, cry. <laughs> I probably, probably would, but it's essentially this, it was, a, read exactly. So it's essentially this woman who was reading a book about someone building cathedrals. Like it sounds ridiculous, right? But she essentially said, no one can say who built the great cathedrals. We have literally no record of their names. These builders gave their whole lives for work they would never see finished. They made great sacrifices and accepted, expected no credit. The passion of their building by was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. Oh, see, I'm going to cry. Catch my voice. <laughs> Cause it really it's is okay, like cry. that. Cause it's, you're building something that's bigger than yourself and trying to keep, keep that in perspective. Like, yes, I didn't put the ball in the, in the, backpack. <laughs> in the basketball <laughs> bag, but you know what, when the time comes, when they need comfort or they need like the person they call is me first. And it's always that the care, like my son at one o'clock in the morning, coming back from home, kind of mama, I'm starving. Like you're literally <gasps> texting me at one and then calling me. Cause I'm not answering my sec. Can you feed me? And I'm the idiot that gets up and feeds him. Like, yeah. because I'm like, <laughs> it's like, honey, Taco Bell is open until 3am. You're supposed to go like, there. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, and so I have yeah. to gain that perspective that there are rewards and this life and the life hereafter, that's the truth of it. And Absolutely. when you're feeling that cloak of invisibility take over, really gain perspective in yourself that, you know what, everybody feels this way. You really aren't alone. And one day 
they will appreciate it. It, it comes. It's slowly but surely. And I'm so lucky, like, because I have the grumpy younger, older kids that I have the yummy, delicious younger kids that I still get the cuddles and the, and then the heads in the neck. So it really does calm me down and gives me perspective. So it's a tale of two moms. Exactly. I'm Mm -hmm. the evil mama, but I'm also kind of like, okay, I would not have it any other way. And Alessi's everything that we do. And I think that is the solace that we have. Um, Kind of like the, the carver of the cathedral in that story, in that article that we'll put up in the show notes, you know, nobody's going to see this after you die because it's like a beam in the cathedral. And he was like, well, God sees it. So I got to So that's why, you know, it is important to scrape the brown stuff off the ground. It's important to put the balls in the bags and it's important to get dinner on the table every single night because God sees. And it's, that's, it's another reason to check our intentions. Are we doing this to get gratitude from the people that we're serving? Are we doing it of Allah? You know, like, are we doing this to please him? Because, you know, it's not that this is our role in particular, like it's only the mothers that can do all of these things. The dads can too. But as moms, we're stepping up and we're taking care of it because we, I I mean, I need the brownie points to get to heaven, frankly. So I'll take what I can get. And this is easy. And, you know, if I have to, I'll just girl and be like, for the sake of God, for DoorDash and Uber Eats, let me just tell you that right now. I definitely, I definitely get that. So we're going to have this article and Quran and Hadith on the status of mothers in Islam in our show notes today. And... Any final thoughts, Seba? How are you feeling about being invisible Def- now? I mean, I'm still invisible, which I guess is a good thing considering I have not showered yet and it's already past noon. <laughs> I don't want so to I'm so <laughs> thankful I do. I'm not being seen right now. But, you know, I, I, I just love being able to talk about, I think as moms having that community and be able to talk about these things and, and honestly keeping it real, like, you know, on the outside, it might seem like everything is perfect, but really sometimes we all feel like this imposter syndrome, like we're not doing the best. And, you know, I appreciate being able to talk about this with you. And I hope other moms listening or dads listening realize, you know, you're not alone and tomorrow is a new day. And that's one browser closed for Yes, this it is. Yes, it is. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.